This is Phil Farron. And I am driving home for the second time today. <laughs> I uh, stopped by the church, we get the sound system set up, and then my mother-in-law uh, was done at her house, and so we were ready to, she was ready to come back, and so I went over and picked up her, brought her home, uh, and then I'm just gonna drive around a little bit, record the podcast, be done for the day. Um, so, well, it's been a good week. We've gotten things accomplished that need to be accomplished. There's always a bunch of little detail stuff to do in January. There's, because it's, first of all, it's end of year, so we gotta get that all squared away and taken care of. And then as soon as you get the end of year all squared away and taken care of, then you gotta turn around and do a bunch of start of year stuff. Um, but that's fine, that's fine. We've, we're knocking them out getting the things taken care of. Next week we'll finish up. We've got a few more things to do in terms of pay raises and things for missionaries. And uh, there's a bunch of steps in that, but you know, it's one step at a time and we'll just keep moving forward. So that all seems to go well, be going well. We, we know what we should do. Um, and it's just a matter of us setting it up and getting it done and double checking that everything went fine and ta-da, ta-da, ta-da. So, so all that should be fine. Um, writing is going well. I'm on chapter 26, I think, midway through chapter 26 of Windfall 20. And that all seems to be fine. And uh, I expect that over the next three weeks or so, we'll get this book wrapped up, which will be a little ahead of schedule if all goes well. I've got to figure out what I'm doing for cover, and I've got to figure out, um, I think I know what I've got for, no, I do. I've done the parables, so the parable's done. I've done the nursery rhyme, Although, this time the nursery rhyme was actually a fairy tale, but I never said it had to be a nursery rhyme, so, <laughs> so that's, that's probably fine. Uh, Got to figure out what we're going to dress the kids as, how we're going to do that, uh, so get that under control. Um, but got a couple of weeks to get that done, uh, and then I have a full edit, well, a read-through, it's not really an edit, got a read-through to do. Um, and then once we get the read-through done, then I can, you know, start laying it out. That's a couple of days to get it laid out, get the files uploaded, get the cover done. Cover is, you know, half a week to a week, depending on how much I have to do on the cover. I haven't gone full-blown AI cover yet, um, and I probably won't since I only have four more covers to go. I'll probably finish finish that out. It is really foggy. I love the fog. I think it's so much fun. Um, but you know that it seems all doable. I've done it 19 times before on this series, so <laughs> I just have a few more to go. Um, but I think book 20 accomplishes what book 20 needed to accomplish. It is halfway through the final set, and usually 
halfway through, I like to do something a little bigger to kind of set the tone for the second half of the set of eight books. Uh, and so I think this will do that, and then we'll pretty much have a run to the end. Because the next four books have to just, everything has to get worse. And it just has to keep getting worse until we get to the big dramatic climax. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're going fine. And it's been really a really, really wonderful exercise. Uh, just to see how that you don't have to know everything, you just have to know the next thing. Um, one of the little sayings that came out of these books is, what is your immediate next? But that's the important thing. You know, you can think and fret about the future and worry about where things might go or what might happen, but at the end of the day, all you can really do is do whatever comes next. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, sorry. That was, that's bad. <laughs> I came down a hill because I'm driving around the stuff near my house. I came down a hill. Sorry. And, uh, the recorder just slid right off the... The lights are still going, so I'm assuming that it's still recording. I think it is. Um, yeah. Oh. Hang on. Test, check. One, two. Test. I'll check it here in just a second. Um, woo! It was coming down a hill, and... I slowed down a little too quick, and it just got mad. Just fell right off its little foam pad. Um, anyways, it's really been a wonderful experience um, because it has put me in a place where I just had to write a lot of words very quickly. And that, that can be a good exercise for a writer because just having to write a lot of words quickly, sometimes you just know that you've got to make so many words, you're going to make that many words, and that's going to be it, you know? And... It just has to be done, and you do it. Um, which is kind of a good way to not get writer's block. Just realizing that, yeah, it's a thousand words. Got to get it done. Let's get it done. Put something on the page. I'm going to go ahead and just check here real quick to see if the timer is still going forward. It is. Yay. Goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Okay. Um... So, uh, yeah, writing's going fine. And the other thing that has been really great about the whole writing process is that as you're in these creative modes, you realize that you're getting fed ideas that you don't really know where all these ideas fit. And then as you get farther along, you realize, oh, I could pick that up and I could put that over here and I could do this and I could plug that in. And the whole process then becomes this elongated exercise in responding to the ideas that are appearing in your brain. In your brain whether or not that might be something that if you had enough time to think about, you might do or not. There's been multiple times in 
this series where an idea has come to me and I've thought, ooh, mm, that's a little rough. And then I've thought, well, but, you know, I mean, it is, this is what it is. And, and so I've pushed forward through that. And I can't really say that I have anything that I regret writing in this series, even though some of it is very earthy and very stark. But it all serves a purpose. It's not gratuitous. It's all illustrating something that I want to say about the world. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. And it's the same type of thing in working with the costumes. Um, over and over with the costumes, something has come up and I'm driving by Braille. That's what we used to call that. Over and over with the costumes, something has come up. I've got a breadcrumb. I follow the breadcrumb. It leads and ends out. And all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't anything that I planned. It's just there it is. Tomorrow is big wig day. I have no idea how this is gonna go. Uh, first time I've worn a latex costume in public. Um, but you know, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, and the costume's cool. So, you know, it all worked out. I was wondering there for a while if I was gonna make it because I was running the time analysis stuff and it seemed like I had more to do than there was time to get it done, but you know, step at a time, piece here, piece there, and all of a sudden, it's good. And there were some things that just ended up surprising me. I thought that I was going to have to do a shirt collar thing, and then when I got to the end of it all, and I tried it on, and I didn't have the shirt done yet because the sample that I had ordered never made it to me, and I ordered another one, uh, put everything on and I looked at a ball and I walked out and showed my wife and said, I don't think I need a shirt. And she said, nope. Um, because of the way the vest was and the, the cravat that I had made was because of the way all of it was, it was like, yeah, no, we're fine. We don't need a shirt for this. But also this process of working and thinking you're going one direction and then getting a whisper that you're going another direction. Um, like the um, Goldilocks thing for Big Wig Day. And then realizing when you get at the end of it, it's exactly where it needs to be. And it was never a destination that I was th thought I was going towards, and yet you have this little whisper, it says Goldilocks, and then it starts developing, and it all works out. Uh-huh. So yeah, lots of fun stuff. Just lots and lots of fun stuff. Um, and God's kindness and all those things and just the growing confidence that everything is fine and that it's all gonna work out. We just have to take it one step at a time and know what our immediate next is. Just know what the next thing is. Do that to the best of your ability, the rest of it will come. So, um, put on my blinker too quickly. It's it's night at this point, <laughs> and I don't, oh wait, maybe I did miss it. No, did I miss it? I think I did miss it. I thought I was coming up to our turn off there, uh, but it's night and I'm not used to coming from the direction that I'm coming. 
So we'll just pull in the little Methodist church up here and turn around. Um, it's funny when you get moving in a different way from a different perspective, you know, there's things you don't recognize. Um, anyway, so all that's good. The costumes are good. Um, I'm very interested to see how this goes tomorrow. It'll be fun. Uh, and writing is good and gonna get started on the next thing. And we're all gonna go from there. Okay, let's see, where is, nope, nope, not yet. That's a house, that's not what we're looking for. Oh, come on, Phil. Oh, maybe it's up here a little bit. No, I think I've driven, I think I've driven past the Methodist Church, okay. So, no, 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 here's, here's the Methodist Church. Okay, cool. Um, anyways, probably the next costume is Bugs Bunny. So I've got to not only build the Bugs Bunny costume, but I've got to figure out what kind of costume I want Bugs Bunny to wear because Bugs Bunny was a big costume person. Uh, in fact, Bugs Bunny, <laughs> truth be told, uh, Bugs Bunny was a big cross-dressing costume person. Um, so <laughs> there is actually a set of stamps now with Bugs Bunny and there's two different two different ones of those stamps have Bugs Bunny cross-dressing because he was using that to get an advantage over his foes so which is really funny uh, and because this is back from the 40s you know um, so it's it, the whole thing is just fascinating so Bugs Bunny and then I think I'm gonna do Marvin the Martian this year maybe uh, and then I have another costume at the in December. Wear your pearls. It's called Wear Your Pearls Day. And so we're gonna give that a try. I am making a run at Love Your Robot Day, which is not this weekend, but next weekend. I've got the costume. That's no trouble. I'm finishing out the technology standpoint on the other side. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Talked to my wife. She's seen the costume. We're good there. I think what I'm going to do is do a double header though, because if you just walk up to people and say, do you want to talk to a robot? They'll just freeze up. They won't know what to say. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the first pass on Friday. I'm going to do it with my normal wear red day, which is just kind of an Elmo costume. So it's real easy. Um, and then I'm going to tell people, listen, love your robot day is next Wednesday. I'm coming in dressed as a robot and I'm going to rig it up to where you can have a conversation with one of these new conversational AIs. Uh, so, you know, I'm just going to ask him, if you want to do that, I'll, you know, if I find you, I'll stop and we'll do it. And so, so we'll see how many people I can kind of prep and get kind of ready for, you know, what would you say to a robot? What would you be interested in talking to a robot about? All that kind of stuff. And that'll give them a chance to, uh, you know, kind of have it in their mind that it's coming up. Um, the costume is a little weird because of the vinyl face mask or the latex face mask that I have. Uh, it's a, a young woman's face mask. Uh, and I have a little short white wig with glasses that are like LED glasses. So it's... Uh, you know, it will be interesting. My, I was talking to my wife about it, and she said, I think it's cool looking. Okay, great, <laughs> great. <laughs> We're good. Um, 
anyway, so that'll be fun. And um, we'll get that taken care of. What else, what else, what else, what else? Speaking of Love Your Robot Day, um, I have mentioned, and I think I said at the beginning of last year that the AI robots were coming, they were coming fast, and we were going to have sex robots. Uh, and in fact, I came across an article and they were like, yup, those are here now, you can buy them. Um, obviously, they don't, they don't have all the capabilities that they will have in the future. But, yeah, the sex robots are definitely here. So I came across, well, Brett Cooper is who was talking about it. Um, I don't know if you all know who Brett Cooper is. She's on the Daily Wire. Um, and she was going over an article, and so I just kind of grabbed the summary off of there, and it was interesting because... Uh, the summary that I was, or she was talking, I grabbed a summary and then I came across another article and I was looking through that article and then she mentioned that article on the thing. So uh, it's, it's just pretty interesting, you know. And as far as when we're talking about AI sex robots and those type of things, it's, there's really obviously two incarnations of this. There's there's just the, the stuff online that you can have conversations with, and they have already built them so that it doesn't have any of the restrictions on it. So it will talk dirty to you if you want. You know, there's no, like, safe, unsafe topics and those kind of things. Um, and in addition to that, you've probably heard by now that on Instagram, that Instagram actually has whole sections that are just AI, um, you know, stable diffusion. They're not, they're not real, but there's pictures and they look real. And there's some of these Instagram models who are just AI that have thousands and thousands of followers and they're actually making money off just generating these images using AI. And some of the models have OnlyFans pages because they've taken the restraints off of it. And they're using these AI models that are do not exist in real life. Uh, and they're putting up pornographic images made just with AI. And it looks so real that they've got an OnlyFans following. And they're making money off of selling these images. And there was a... a I think it was a modeling agency that has its own AI model that it rents out. And it said that it decided that it was going to pursue AI models because they just didn't need the attitude that they were getting from live models. <laughs> so, you know, when you base a whole society on image and on appearance and all that kind of stuff, and then you can fake that with AI, well, why wouldn't that be the next logical step? And at, at what point do we just completely move away from using humans for any of this attractive imaging presentation? Why not just use AI to generate whatever you want, look whatever you want, make movies, 
you know, write scripts. I mean, where does it all end? I mean, I, I know that people can say, well, it's not real, and I can tell the difference between, well, okay, maybe you can now, but pretty soon you're not going to be able to tell the difference. And if you're just willing to pay for some erotic image, there's going to be a whole lot more people that are going to use the tools to create those erotic images, and there's going to be real live women doing it, and they're just going to get blasted out of the market because there'll just be so much fake stuff out there. You know, it's... Um, when you When you realize that we have descended into an existence where we are online so much and being online is just as real to us as encountering people in person and in fact because of germs and because of unkindness and because of all that stuff, people enjoy being online more than they enjoy interacting with a real person, well, then that domain just becomes a domain where everything is manufactured, and it's manufactured right to whatever your tastes are. And so as human relationships have declined, as we've lost the ability to talk to each other, as we've lost the interest in talking to each other, all of this is just going to be exacerbated. I mean, it's interesting in one section... Brett Cooper was talking about the article that I had read um, where you have an influencer who has been renting herself out on OnlyFans and, and you know, artificial girlfriend and all that kind of stuff. But she's human. She's just been, you know. Well, she went ahead and paid or had somebody for her create an AI girlfriend using ChatGPT that looked like her and she just rents herself out for a dollar a minute. And so you could, you could just go to this AI robot that looks like her and it does all the work and it says all the things and it does all the pictures and she can just go do what she wants. And in a world where we've got people who are lonely, who struggle to make relationships. This is just going to exacerbate all that because you can, this person, I mean, like Pi AI is really good about just leading you through the conversation. It's all about you and it's telling you how great things are. And it's telling, you know, there's, there's just so much there that is quote unquote attractive and it laughs at your jokes and it, it it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes, not this weekend, but next weekend with the Love Your Robot thing. I'm thinking I may videotape it because this has the potential to be very, very interesting. You know, so all those things, all those things are coming. They're here already. They just aren't that widespread, and I don't see any reason why young people would necessarily lean towards wanting to actually have real relationships because you can get a chat bot that will always tell you how great you are 
And for guys especially, you know, the chatbot will tell you anything you want to hear and manufacture any type of images that you want to see and will always do what it's told. And why wouldn't they just want to play games and chat with their chatbot? Especially when you know, what young women more and more are indoctrinated into all men are pigs and all men are misogynist and all men are. And so, you know, men, when they, even if they would go try to have a relationship with a young woman, the young woman ends up being demanding and ends up being critical of everything he does and ends up, you know, and it's just like, wow, I don't, I don't need this. Yeah. Interesting times. Really, really interesting times. So we'll see. This is Phil Ferrand, and I have made it home. <laughs>